0: Welcome to Present Company, the Netflix podcast that brings you dynamic conversations with exceptional people behind your favorite series, films, documentaries, and specials. I'm your host, Krista Smith. For years, I was Vanity Fair's ambassador to Hollywood, interviewing countless actors as well as creatives and authorities across the spectrum. My passion is talent, any form of it. How do you know you have it? How do you cultivate it? How do you protect it? And also, I want to get to the heart of what drives it. On this podcast, I'll be talking to people in Hollywood and far beyond. Thank you for joining me.
1: I wasn't going to coach cheerleading, but I... Definitely took everything I learned in business school and used it to build the program. Once I started, it was hard to stop doing it. It just pulls you in. It is, it, it's like, it's addicting. Well, if you're as
0: obsessed as I am with the Netflix docuseries, Cheer, you instantly recognize that voice, the one and only Coach Monica. From the first episode of this show, I could not get enough. I loved it all. I loved Morgan and Lexi and Jerry. I was worried about Daytona. I loved Monica's unabashed competitiveness. I loved her ability to get the best out of her athletes, her cute boots, her French tip manicure, her alter ego Annette, and frankly, just how much she cares. Because there are no half measures with Coach Monica. There's only discipline, commitment, and the relentless pursuit of perfection. So here we go. Please forgive my cold. It was a really a bad one. I, like everyone else, was sick this winter, but I wasn't going to miss my moment with Monica. So I persevered and sit back. We had a great interview. Relax. Enjoy. All right. I'm really excited. I've got Monica Aldama in the house. And for those of you that don't know, that have been living under a rock, she is Coach Monica uh, from the Netflix show Cheer. Uh, You could tell I'm so excited. I'm like stumbling on my words. And I know everybody and been around everybody and I rarely get starstruck, but I love um, meeting you in person and you live up to all expectations. (laughs) Thank
1: you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: (laughs) That's all I will say. So just... Why don't you just tell listeners why you're here in L.A.?
1: Well, we just released Cheer um, two weeks ago, and we're blown away by the response. And we got invited to come on the Ellen Show, so we filmed that yesterday. And, you know, Netflix had us set up with um, stuff all day. We've been doing interviews and filming and all sorts of stuff. So we've been busy.
0: (laughs) So tell me what that was like, getting the call that Ellen wanted you on the show.
1: It was really surreal. I mean, obviously, I think anybody's lifelong dream is to make it to the Ellen show. Just even go and sit in the audience. That's, you know, a dream. So to know not only that we were invited, but that she had watched the show and loved it, it was just, um, we were just all so happy.
0: Well, let's just talk about the show in general. Like, you've been coaching for how many years? 25. 25 years. Yes. So, and that has been exclusively at Navarro. Correct. Yes. How did they talk you into allowing cameras into your life 24 7 um for extended periods of time to do this show did you have any hesitation about it just talk me through a little bit about that process of of agreeing to have this happen
1: yeah i mean um you know they called me and i had actually just started watching last chance you a couple of weeks before they called so it was very strange how that all worked played out but um they called me and said, of course, you know, they were the producers of that show and that they were interested in doing something on cheer. And I was shocked, and I thought, okay, well, this is exciting to think about, but this is never going to happen. And I went and talked to my athletic director, and he said, oh, absolutely, we would be interested, which, you know, caught me by surprise, too. So uh, we had a, a couple of phone calls, and then we did a, a conference call with some several producers and some of the people at Navarro and agreed that they would come out and film us for a couple of days and just see if we were a good fit for them and if they were a good fit for us. And Greg, um, the creator of the show, he's just amazing. And he we really trusted him And because, you know, it's it's scary to put yourself out, you know, for the whole world to judge, and, you you know, you have to be very vulnerable. You're letting people into your world and, you know, there's going to be judgment from someone. So it's scary to do that. But I think the important thing was, I thought it was a great opportunity for the world to see what cheerleading is really all about. It's not your typical cheer show that doesn't really show what we do, what competitive cheerleading is all about. And so I thought, you know, with us trusting Greg and his team and the opportunity in itself, I thought it was a great idea. And, uh, he, of course, you know, we had conversations with our president who would make the final decision and we all agreed on it and they came in.
0: Wow, now how long did it take you um, to kind of get used to them being around because what what's so special about this show is that it doesn't feel like anybody really is performing Correct. to camera. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, we were, of course, all excited when they got there. We didn't know what we were doing, but uh, you know, it took a couple of days just to get used to it, but we have, we have so much work to do to get ready for our competition that, you know, it, within a couple of days, we were, you know, right back on track. We're just so focused on what we're doing that you kind of forget that they're there. And they, get very, they got very familiar with our routine. So, you know, they knew where to stand and how to get out of the way. And then they became some of our, our biggest cheerleaders and just so emotionally invested. It was like a big family. I mean, they came to our first show off and they some of them cried. They were so emotional. It was just, I mean, we were sad when they left. That's how close we got. So um, it was very easy to just be ourselves and just continue on with business as they were just in the background filming. What is
0: happening back home in Corsicana?
1: I think Corsicana is just like us. They're shocked. They're, you know, they're overwhelmed and they're so proud. Everyone is posting on social media about it. And that's exciting because we love the community. The community loves us. They invite us to more things than we can even do, but they love it when we come out and do performances at the elementary schools or for whatever, you know, downtown. And, um, we do mentoring through the YMCA. We do a uh, community service. So they already love us so much and are very proud of everything that we do. And this obviously just puts, cor- I mean, Corsican is a small town. So now, it's like wow Corsicana's on the map and they're just so proud and it's just it just makes my heart happy. Mm-hmm. Well I love the
0: bakery the is it Collins is, Collins
1: Street Bakery yeah, yes it's
0: famous for fruit cakes. Yes. It feels so random. Why yes. why is that?
1: You know, I I don't I don't know, but they've been around for so long, and they sell more fruitcakes in the world than than anyone. And um, they're they're actually filming a movie about it right now. Will Ferrell's in the movie, so he's in town filming about the bakery. About <laughs> Lots that? of stuff going on in Corsicana. <laughs> Who would not,
0: most of us didn't even know it existed. I <laughs> know, right? And now it's going to be like a tourist stop. I bet. I, in I that. think
1: so. We've had some people stop by just in the past couple of weeks, so it's kind of crazy. So for you, aside from
0: the show, what's kept you coaching for twenty five years? What's kept you focused?
1: Um, you know, I've I kind of built this program I feel like. Uh, when I came in, you know, they had not ever won a, a national championship and that was my goal was to come in and just be the very best that we could that I could be and Uh, I was young. I was very young when I started, so I was just trying to soak it all in and learn as much as I could so that I could improve every year, and, um, you know, once we finally won that first national championship, you know, I I wanted to keep building on it, of course, but I think more importantly, the relationships that you form with the kids, and, you know, I have a lot of kids that come back years afterwards, and, they'll call me and just say, I want to thank you for the structure that you gave me. I had no, I didn't appreciate it back then. I had no idea. But when I left, I really missed the structure. I really missed the discipline. I really missed the the talks we had or the things you would send us about go to class and do this and show up and be accountable. And they've used those throughout when they transfer to university or in their jobs, and just those things, you know, that's what fulfills me, and so it's hard to leave that part of it, because I've won enough times. I don't need to do that anymore, but it's the kids that keep me coming back, and just feeling like that this program is my baby, and I know one day I'm going to have to leave it, you know, but when I first started, um, I did not think that I would be, 25 years later, still coaching cheerleading. That's not what I went to school for. I have a finance degree. I have an MBA. And I always kind of thought I would be more in the business world. But but here I am. I just you know, kindly, kind of was like, you know, I really think this is God's plan. This is where he meant for me to be. And, you know, this is where I'll stay as long as I feel like I'm um, called to do this. Mm-hmm. So, Well, that's what makes this
0: show so effective, I feel like, is that it, one, the stereotype of cheerleading is exhausted at this point. You know, we we think of it as one thing, and I I really believe that watching this series, you really come to understand that this is as athletic an achievement as anything you would see in the Olympics. Like, these... Kids are practicing and putting in the time and doing these stunts, and it is at a level that I don't think people even can comprehend until they watch it.
1: Exactly, and I mean they're true athletes. The athleticism is just top notch, but their grit, their determination, their passion is just on another level. And they work harder than you know anybody I know. They don't, you know, if if we say you know what we need an extra practice because. Something's not looking quite right. Nobody complains. They show up, they do the work, and they know that we all have a common goal. It, mm-hmm. It's it's great, I think, too, in the documentary. You know, like you said earlier, you know, it was like, I mean, nobody changed. These kid, the girls, they didn't put on makeup. They didn't fix their hair. You saw their hair was, you know, hanging down in their face. Mm-hmm. They had no makeup on. They didn't pretend to be anybody that they weren't. And I think that was another thing that made it so special. Mm-hmm. Well, just
0: also realizing that cheerleaders, it's not all apple pie and Chevrolet Absolutely and, not. you no. know, ponytails like these kids really. And, and you speak to this a little bit in the series. But I, what I think really touches audience members is to see the level of diversity on that mat. Correct. In terms of uh, across all sports like yeah. you have kids that grew up and, and had real rough upbringings, um, some had to live in foster care, you know, you have kids that were lost and managed to find their way to you.
1: So that is so unique. Absolutely. And I think, you know, of course that is one of the stereotypes that you have to be this wealthy, popular girl to be a cheerleader and that's not true at all. The cheerleading world is is so accepting of everyone and um everyone is so supportive. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of weird because from one side of the country to the other, it's like we all know each other, even though we may not have personally met through social media, we know each other. And it, it's so inclusive. I mean, everybody loves everyone so much, accepting of where you come from, it doesn't matter. How much money you have, it doesn't matter. If you're gay or straight, it doesn't matter. Black, white, whatever everyone is accepted, everyone is loved and treated the same. How can we not get the world to feel that way? (laughs) You know, that's it drives me crazy. I don't understand it. And I think that's why I just kind of stay away from the negative. I don't, you know, I don't get drawn into that on social media. I just keep scrolling because I don't understand how people can't listen to actually listen instead of just trying to think of what they're going to say back or just be so ugly to each other. We don't all have to to think the same, but we should all at least try to listen to each other and see things through other people's eyes, become more empathetic and try to understand because we're not all the same. And I, I can't judge someone because I've never walked in those shoes. I don't know what it's truly like. And I really have learned over the years that you know, I really need to try to understand how they might feel. And I think that's one of the ways you are, you become a good leader and a good role model is to really listen and try to understand. Do you think you've changed anybody's
0: mind by just living by example?
1: Um, I hope so. I mean, you know, that's really my biggest thing is, you know, you shouldn't even have to say anything, but your actions should speak so loudly that people know who you are. And, you um I'm hoping that the show in itself is will open some people's eyes to to see that they need to be a little kinder, a little more accepting, and just try to understand people mm-hmm. for who they are. You
0: have that great line in the beginning when you're like, we're going to – oh, God, I know I'm going to forget it. It's so good. Uh, keep going till we – is that yeah, it? Yeah. So you keep going till you get it right, then you keep going till you can't get it wrong? Till you can't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is – it's such a good saying, and it can go for so many things. Correct, mm-hmm. every in everyday life. Mm-hmm. And and what's also interesting, what I would want to talk to you about, because you still talk to some of your ex to you know mm-hmm. ex cheer squads and whatnot, they're giving everything and all their focus for one moment. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to get drafted into the NFL Correct. or mm-hmm. you're going to actually get a gold medal in the Olympics or you're going to get a Wheaties you know, commercial. I mean, this is really it. Mm -hmm. How important is that? Like, what can you, can you just describe that moment um, for these kids of winning? And then it's like,
1: what next? Yeah. You know, they do that for that feeling that you get, that you worked so hard and then you finally accomplish something. But I think more importantly, you know, I know that there's not much in the cheer career, the cheer field for you to do physically. Of course, there's many options career wise. I mean, you could still stay in the coaching side of it. But I think more importantly, the life lessons that it teaches you um, to to be a cheerleader, to not give up, to fight through the tough times, That that's what's really important that you're going to take with you in um Instead of, you know, getting that contract or going to the next level, it's it's what you learn and the life lessons and how that's going to help you be successful in whatever career you decide to do. And also, you're nothing without your team. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, that is I played uh, soccer and I, you know, and I played in college and I understood that that. the reality, and I've always been a team player mm-hmm. in work and everything because of that experience coming through. You're kind of only as good as your weakest link. And Correct. You all have to be together, but literally life and death Yeah. with your crew.
1: Absolutely. And you have to trust each other. And for those that didn't make Matt, they have a role, too. We all just, you, you know, you have to learn that you might be disappointed in the role that you get, but that your, your role is still important and that you have, still have to show up for that role. You know, Mm -hmm. what's been one of the
0: mistakes you've learned from that maybe you made early on that you've you've taken a lesson from?
1: I think um, not necessarily just a lesson that I can think of off the top of my head, but I think becoming more empathetic, learning that growth in that area is what I'm most proud of. Because, like I said, I, I was so young when I started. I thought everyone was just like me. You know, I thought everyone had the same upbringing, you know mm-hmm. this and I had a pretty good upbringing, you know, mm-hmm. and I quickly realized it that, that they didn't and I just think you know I'm sure I made a lot of mistakes when I was young because I didn't know, but i I wanted to learn and I wanted to be better and so I think just the growth that I've had in understanding people and and really seeing things through a different mm-hmm. set of eyes. And how do you know
0: to push and when not to push Mm -hmm. and that kind of, I know there's that phrase, are you hurt or are you hurting? Correct. And there is that, and I get like sometimes you just, you know, pros play hurt. you got to drive through that pain and that's what it takes on some days, not all days, but some (laughs) days it does. Yeah. But how do you know, because you really are dealing with young kids and, Um, you know, you have to manage
1: yeah you know well first of all we have a we have a great athletic training staff so I really depend on them because they're the knowledgeable ones as far as the injuries go or you know their health and stuff so um we have someone with us at all times and so if someone is complaining about something hurting we the first thing we do is send them to them and then whatever they're they determine whether it's you know some kind of um therapy that they need to go through physical therapy or just rehabilitation or whatever or or they may send them to a doctor we have a doctor I mean doctors on not on staff at Navarro but we have a contract with doctors that we send our athletes to so um you know I I'm not the expert in that field so I depend on them to guide me in who's sitting out who needs how many days off do they need to go see the doctor? Do they need to get an x-ray? Do they need whatever, whatever the treatment is. So, you know, sometimes it's that they don't have to sit out, but they need to come in and do some kind of therapy to strengthen a muscle or, or whatever. And of course, the, are you hurt or are you hurting? You know, that goes with any, like you said, sport that you have. There's going to, you might have tendonitis and it's going to hurt. And I mean, you, the, the kids still have the choice. I mean, they don't, nobody's forcing them to, you know, fight through the pain if, if they don't want to, but but you know you see a lot of athletes just like I've kind of used this example a few times but just because I'm a huge Alabama fan you see um you know Tua when he got Mm -hmm. hurt and he had the ankle surgery and they pushed him through you know really extensive physical therapy to get ready to play in a real in a really big game that was coming up so he that's not what normal people do that's what athletes at you know the top level do they? They get pushed and you know he had the choice as long as the doctors cleared him that yes you're not going to get injured it's safe for you to do it but it might not feel really good and you could see him out in that game where he was kind of limping around so you know it hurt and from you know what I saw in the news he wanted to play you know it wasn't Coach Saban pushing him out there and making him play it was he was so passionate about the game that he wanted to be out there, and I don't think a lot of, if if you've never played sports, you might not understand that passion that you have, but um, we would never push our kids to do something that they would not want to do. They are definitely passionate. We definitely take good care of them. You know, you saw six hours of four months' worth of practice, so of course you're going to see the times that we fell, but you didn't see the 1,000 times that we were really safe and got it Mm -hmm. right, you know, so... Um, you know, we might have gotten a little heat on that, but we are very cautious with their health. We, um, we do take good care of them. We do not make anyone practice that's not uh, cleared by the uh, trainer to do so. And people do sit out. Not everybody's mm-hmm. pushing through pain like that. I mean, if they're if they need two or three days, the trainer says that they need so many days to take off. That's what that's what we do with them, and that happens to many people throughout the season. Uh, We're rotating people in and out constantly because of something you know mm-hmm. whether it's minor or mm-hmm. you know something more serious but mm-hmm. we definitely take great care of the kids it's our number one priority and it's just the way you get six hours you don't really see that you yeah, want of to, course. you see the falls and stuff like of that of course so, <laughs> well that's the drama <laughs> and you know yeah
0: that's keeps you watching yes of course and then, oh my god sure yes oh, what oh happened yes. yeah Sherbs. is monica gonna be able to you know it's like what's she gonna do oh my god yes, can <laughs> You know, and then when you hear that sound of the basket and those yeah. girls that are flying, I don't even understand the choreography. It's like Cirque du Soleil, how they're yeah. the physics of the balancing of it and everything. I mean, you know, Reese Witherspoon tweeted out, mm-hmm. obviously, um, as have many people. Yes. But hers particularly struck me because she talked about uh, wanting to, like, just recognizing female coaches like we mm-hmm. haven't seen oh my god like these people we just don't see these characters you know reflected back uh-huh. to us in what we're watching and i was thinking about that because i knew i was going to see you and i was going to try and get her to call in but she's in europe right now for oh my Fashion god, that week. would have been so amazing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get you two together no no doubt about it but please do uh, but it's so true. I thought about that. And then I was reading about um, the show and people, oh, my God, Monica's like the Bill Belichick of cheerleading <laughs> and all this stuff. And I was thinking, wow, for you coming up as a coach, there were no mentors. You weren't looking to anybody to say, oh, I'm going to
1: be like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, that I just took it upon myself to just study, 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 study. And, you know, I, I there were no cheerleading people, but I, you know, I had a mentor that that well, is in the cheerleading industry when I first started who really taught me about um, not just the actual cheering part of it, but more about the leadership role of it. And he, I still talk to him to this day. He makes sure, at, at least once a year, we, he calls me and uh, he stopped in Corsicana like last year and we had lunch together and he's been calling me here lately we FaceTimed the other day so um he's so proud of me and you know that makes me so happy because he's really who I would say taught me the most about leadership and I think that's the biggest part of it is the leadership part and you can learn that from any kind of field you know from whether it's business or football coaches Mm or or whatever but um you know, if you have the leadership ability, then you can be successful. And I, you know, like I said, I I soaked it all in. I I was trying to learn everything I could about cheerleading, the score sheet, how I could, you know, score the highest in this or whatever. And and I, like I said in the docu series, that's where I used my everything I learned in business school. I'm like, I'm gonna start with the business plan, and I'm gonna you know work with it that way instead of starting with the stunts. And I'm gonna work here and then get to that point. So. Mm. Yeah, it's
0: it's incredible, um, and I also want to talk about Annette. <laughs> yes, get on Annette. Where did Annette come from?
1: Well, Annette is my middle name, oh, and I okay. really do not like my middle name, so I never have. So, so many years ago, someone when I was not happy with someone, just started calling me my alter ego Annette. And, you know, the thing is, I really don't yell a lot. You probably noticed I didn't really yell a lot in the show because that's just not how I, if I I have a problem with someone or, you know, I feel like someone needs a conversation because they're having a little, maybe an attitude or something, I like to, you must always pull them to the side, like into a different area and just talk to them like I would want to be talked to respectfully so that I can, Because nobody wants to be beat down, and I feel like they're going to take it better and really want to improve if they feel like I care about them versus me just yelling or, you know, being negative. So I don't really yell a lot. So Annette is when I've just had it, and I might really yell at that moment. And so, you know, she doesn't pop out too much, but occasionally she does. So, you know. Do your kids know Annette? My per, my own kids? Yeah, like, your own kids. Is she they've come seen at... Annette a few times. Yeah. Yes, they
0: have. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you have the same qualities in your like domestic life as you do in the gym? Yes,
1: for sure. I mean, I have the same expectations for my kids. And, you know, the things that I want my cheerleaders to learn about being successful in life, I I'm constantly preaching those things to my own kids. And, you know, they know my expectations and they know um, of course that they can come to me with anything. We're very open relationship. They can talk to me about anything. They can come to me with their problems. They know that I'm going to be their number one supporter, but I'm also going to be, I'll be their biggest cheerleader, but I'll also be there to like, let them know when I feel like maybe they're need to go in a different direction or, or make a better decision or, you know, Hey, you need to do this or whatever, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. And how are they handling all of the excitement around the show?
1: Oh, man, they've just, (laughs) we're just, we're just living in someone else's world right now. I don't even know whose it is, but I mean, they're so excited. I mean, they flew out here to L.A. They went to the Ellen show yesterday, so they're living a dream, too. Like, this is crazy. Now, have you ever been to Los Angeles before? I have not. I've been to San Francisco, but I've not ever been to Los, just, you know, to stop at the airport. We've flown to Hawaii a couple times, but never been here. (gasps)
0: And there you are, and, and there your family is. <laughs> yeah, I know. How was it for you the first time you saw yourself on on the
1: screen? You know, it's always weird when you see yourself on TV and you think, "I re- do I really sound like that?" <laughs> you know. But uh, I think I was just, I was just so caught up in what I, I didn't know what to expect. So I was just so caught up in the story and seeing what they chose to use and stuff. I was just in the moment. I. Didn't want to judge myself too harshly, but, you know, it was, I watched it four times, and I've cried every time. Mm-hmm. It's emotional. Well,
0: I'll tell you, you the French tip is coming back just because of you. <laughs> There's a whole, like, Instagram about your footwear, oh, the I'm boots. Just, like. I
1: said, you know, I'll, I, I cannot believe all the things I've been reading. It's, uh, you know, that people would look at. It's, it was, I mean, from... A coaster that was sitting on a table to you know it's just crazy
0: I outed that to the to the Apple watch yes to, I
1: mean, where did you get your cover? I mean it's crazy.
0: So great. I mean, for these kids, like where? And I'm very ignorant about this. So obviously, at a junior college, they get an associate's degree. Correct. Will some of them go on to like UT or another college to to uh, get yes. a full uh,
1: degree? Oh yeah, most of them. Most of them go to a four year school unless they have you know different goals in life. Some of them may already have um, an associate, maybe all they want they have. coaching job lined up or something but most of them go to a university and most of them choose to go to a university that does competitive that's in the same type of competitive um, field that we're in so they go to the same type of competition and they are at that same elite level so we have a lot of kids go to Texas Tech University um, University of Louisville Kentucky Sam Houston OSU um, some schools like that so and will they continue to
0: compete and cheer
1: yes most of them do at that level. So, well, then will you see some of them at in Daytona? Yes. Yes. A lot. And then I also have a lot of alumni that just come to support too. So I see some kids that are, they're still competing with other teams. And then a lot of alumni that just show up to support us.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you do to relax? Like to get your mind off things or, you know, what's your, if, if cheer is my guilty pleasure, like I'll watch cheer and, and just forget about everything other than what I'm watching. What, what's your guilty pleasure?
1: You know, um, as far as TV goes, I, I have to record most everything because I just my schedule's so crazy. I don't know when I'm going to be home, so I might when I do have a, a weekend that I'm not working, I'll like binge watch so many episodes of what of like uh, The Voice, American Idol, The Bachelor. Some mm-hmm. those are my guilty pleasures. A little bit of reality TV, um, and of course, I love me some Dateline and Paula Zahn, Anything that's you know like a real uh, story. I love all that. Um, but you know, I don't, I just don't have a lot of time for the guilty pleasures when it's basically from August to April. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I just take some downtime in the summer and I just, I just love to sit outside on the porch and just, I kind of live out a little bit in the country. So it's not many people around me. It's like woods behind my back, in the backyard and, um, you know, just listen to the quiet and, I love to just sit out there when it's warm on the swing and maybe read a book or just just sit there and do nothing, really. Mm-hmm. It's just quiet. I just enjoy it.
0: <laughs> now, I can't imagine how much the sport has changed since you just started, since you cheered yourself and then since you've been coaching. Correct.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's the level, I think, of athleticism just gets higher and higher. You think surely you can't do anything harder than that. And then someone does it, and it's crazy. You know, I mean, they have tightened up the safety guidelines, so you can't do as, as dangerous as stuff, but it's still the skill level gets higher and higher, you know. And uh, you just have to keep working hard to keep up with it, you know. So we're right now in the
0: winter, basically. So where are you in your cheer schedule? What's well, happening?
1: So normally what we do is we... We try to get really prepared in the fall we, we're really busy we, we cheer a lot so we have a lot of responsibilities for you know actually cheering at football basketball volleyball soccer community service and stuff like that but uh, we try to have our pyramid kind of at least mostly figured out our stunt sequence figured out work on basket tosses really work the skills part of it so that when the spring s- semester starts, we're really just fine tuning some of that stuff and we're ready for our choreographer to come in and actually put the entire routine together. So we, we do the skills and then our choreographer comes in and, and makes it beautiful. It puts it all together. And, uh, so we're actually, we felt pretty good where we, where we were at before Christmas break started this year. Uh, we actually have an entire pyramid, which could change, you know, it's, we, we, depending on when we start doing it over and over, if, um, uh, if we want to tweak it or whatever. but So I felt like we were really prepared up front right now, which is good because, of course, this is happening, and so we're taking a few days off. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's okay right now because we are we were kind of ahead of ourselves. Wow, and we know that some people
0: are coming back because I saw on yes. Instagram, and uh, everyone is very excited about it. All right, well, I have had so much fun talking to you. I could just continue to keep talking. Well, but, thank you um, for inviting me. I yeah. appreciate it. No, I, I, I just... Um, I think that the show is so important because not only does it highlight the diversity of America. Yes. But it also shines a light on, you know, these athletes and these kids. And you yes. just have to respect them and you have to respect their stories. Yes,
1: absolutely. And
0: what they've, you know, overcome and how Correct. they've come together as a community. And that's the thing right. about this is... They all have to learn to get along with each yeah. other.
1: It's like a big family. And, and, sometimes even we don't they don't like each other. Right, even if they don't like each other, right? And, like each other.
0: Each other, right? and yeah. you can see like I, w- I love the way they did it where, you know, it's not all like, "Oh my god, we're besties." Mm-hmm. You know, people have to figure out
1: yeah, for sure. how this is
0: going to work. And then on top of it we get you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you which I have to say I would want to get on the mat I don't know how I would be happy for any role (laughs) because I never would have been able to make it on the mat
1: (laughs) well everybody's role is important that's right that's right
0: that's what we see in acting there's no small there's no Mm. small parts
1: nope everybody's important right
0: right. thank you so much Monica you're welcome I gotta get a French tip for the Oscars (laughs) damn it look at that thanks so much for joining me Cheer is streaming now on Netflix Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you've been listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. Join me next time for more meaningful conversations here at Present Company.